Welcome to another episode of the Peak Potential Success Show. My name is Fong Chua. I'm an entrepreneur, business strategist, real estate investor, speaker, and also a best-selling author. And every single day, I help others unlock potentials and guide them to succeed. Today, I have another amazing guest. This is somebody who is part of this amazing group that I'm part of. And every time I hear him speak, there's always some great nuggets of advice and tips. And it's absolutely not a, a surprise that he's a specialist when it comes to helping small businesses, uh, working on marketing and, uh, and brand and anything about business, he's just an amazing person to, to work with. Uh, he helps small businesses crush their goals and just achieve more and more success. So please welcome uh, an amazing person when it comes to sales and marketing, uh, owner of Four Tree Coaching, and also an athlete too. So please welcome Mr. Don Beerboom. Thank you. Thanks, Fonks. Thanks for having me on today. Hey, it's awesome. Thank you for being here and uh, spending some time with us. Yeah, my pleasure. Yeah. So for people who don't really know what you do, uh, they know you're, you're in coaching and you help people with businesses, but what exactly uh, do you help them with? And then also your kind of story to get to where you are today. Yeah, what I help people with currently today is um, trust trying to get their business to be more profitable, get on track, uh, try to have better processes to organize themselves, keep the, <clears throat> the owners accountable for what they want to do. You know, like we set targets and, you know, sometimes you need a coach or accountability partner to kind of keep you going. So <clears throat> I work a lot with those guys and girls and trying to keep their companies moving forward, you know, because a lot of time they got into business and it's just not turning out the way they thought. You know, maybe it's COVID got, you know, you know, beat them up a little bit or their sales aren't quite the way or they're stagnant. Hey, let's get out of that rut. Let's get moving. And so I help them with that. So awesome. it was a bit of a weird journey to get here. You know, I, I started off as an entrepreneur. I had about 10 years as as an electronics store uh, manager and then owner. I bought my partners out. And uh, after that, I went and I was working for other big companies like Sony and uh, Corporate Express and so forth across Canada. I was a national sales manager at uh, Corporate Express for office furniture. So I was in that field for about 10 years. And I worked here back in Alberta, all weather windows and a few other companies, Expo Creek Concrete with Old Castle. So I had this big business experience and then also the small part and all the ways in between. Mm -hmm. And then COVID kind of created me being a kind of a casualty of that as the economy kind of beat a beat up a few companies. And so it put me out there thinking, what, you know, what am I going to do now? Or, you know, what, how do I help? How do I take what I've learned over the last 35 years and put it into something? And so <clears throat> a friend of mine suggested coaching because I was always helping her coach her business. So she says, you know, you should help others. You should figure that out. So I got into a coaching program called Coaches Coach. So I wanted a system. I don't think there was any point of, you know, trying to relearn the whole process on my own. So I got a Coaches Coach program, got into that. And took that over a year, had a coach with me, actually two coaches with me that worked with me every week for last year. And I uh, really developed my program, give me a lot more tools and uh, put me into the business spot that I am today, which is helping uh, quite a few businesses. Awesome. Well, you have a, a great wealth of knowledge working with a lot of big companies, as you just mentioned. What would you say is some of the most common things that these big companies face uh, that allows them to become more successful? I think having great processes in place, like you, 
Uh, you know, talk about a CM tool, a CRM tool, a customer relationship management tool, a system, a program, you know, be it one of the expensive ones or not so expensive ones. There's great ones there to track all your customers. The big companies figured that out early and really want to, you know, once they could draw in a customer with all the money they spend on marketing, they make sure they don't lose it. They keep track of that person, where they are in a sales funnel or a process, or, you know, the selling cycle, where they are. They keep track of them. They don't lose them. They keep building a relationship with those people and they don't forget all the facts that go with it. So mm. those are one of the things they do. Awesome. Um, there's a lot of people out there who goes, you know what? I want to jump into entrepreneurship. I want to get started. Uh, what would you say to them is probably the first two or three steps that they really have to kind of focus in on so that they're put on the right path. I'd say first, uh, Fong, is that uh, you got to understand your why. You got to be really committed to be an entrepreneur. <clears throat> now, an entrepreneur is not going to initially make you a lot of money typically. So you're giving up your day job and your regular income, maybe benefits and health stuff. So, you know, there's a big uh, change that has to go on. So, but your why has to be big enough. If there's a big enough potential at the end or something that really excites you about working for yourself, you know, or bringing your family in or something, that has to be established well in advance. And then think about the money that's going to take to get you there to make sure that you have way more than you originally thought because it takes twice as long and costs twice as much as you originally think mm -hmm. well as entrepreneurs uh, we all kind of understand that it's not it's not always fun and it's not always uh, a bright side so what are some of those challenges that you think that entrepreneurs should know firsthand uh, before jumping into it yeah i think some of the things a, an entrepreneur should know um primarily is that typically an entrepreneur jumps into a business that they're good at or something. Maybe they were a good plumber. Now they want to have a plumbing service with five or 10 people in it, or, you know, they're a good baker. They want to open a bakery store or something like that. So um, the challenge is, is that the individual owner has to, at some point, stop being the baker and the uh, plumber and whatever it has to be a manager and move from management to entrepreneurship, you know, to be the leader of the company and think about where we're going with the company. So that's really hard for an entrepreneur, you know, person to kind of stop doing the main thing they're doing that they got them there and stop being, you know, start being a leader and a manager in a company. And it's a big change. And a lot of people get stuck in that first spot, never get out and then wonder why their business is stuck. Yeah. Now for those who are, okay. So we're, we kind of mentioned about the people who first start. Now we're yeah. going to talk to about those people who are in business for five, six, seven years, and they seem to have kind of plateau. They kind of goes, you know what? I think I've done everything I can but I don't know why I'm not growing. I'm not scaling. I'm not building the business even bigger. Uh, what would you say is usually the problem that uh, these people face? A lot of times I find is that they, their days are so full that they just don't have time to work, you know, uh, on their business. So they're in it all the time. Again, perhaps they spend too much time doing the actual physical work of whatever it is they're the industry in, but sometimes they've also packed their day with, things that they haven't let go of. You know, they're maybe still too detailed into spreadsheets. Maybe they love the HR stuff. Maybe they, you know, there's things that they uh, they need to get out of. And so sometimes uh, you have to talk to entrepreneurs who have been in business for a while and say, where do you spend your time all day? Where is it? Let's block those times off and see what's important, what's urgent and so forth, you know, to try to determine, is there some chunk of time we can move off to someone else. Is there a virtual assistant that can do it? Another person in your company, hire another person to get that 
time available for you to think about growing your business. You've kind of packed so much time into all the other stuff. You, you know, there's no time to think about growing. So we got to carve out that time. And typically that's an objective person like a coach who can come in and say, you know, really Fong, you spend way too much time on this or that, you know, why don't we get, we could carve that out of your plate. And I bet uh, now we could spend, you know, maybe four or five hours a week thinking about how do we grow our business? Where our next customers come from? How do we refine our offering? What new markets are we going to go after? Those are the things I want an entrepreneur to spend time on. And they often forgot to do that. Mm -hmm. No, I usually hear the, the next comment, which is usually, but you don't understand. I'm the only one who could do this stuff. I'm the only one who knows everything that has to go on with my business. I can't just delegate that out. So what would you like for these people who are so stuck in their own little rut here? Yeah. Uh, what's that first step? Do you, do you tell them, hey, why don't you just try delegating this little piece first and then maybe try this VA first? Like, how do you get them to step out of that comfort zone? Well, the first thing that we we uh, we we go back to that strategic plan about <clears throat> you know where they want to go and why they want to go there. Mm -hmm. So, Fong, if it's really important for you to get to this level of income or this amount of freedom, or you know, is that for sure where you want to go? And if you get there, why is it important? What does it look like? What does it feel like? So you get that emotional attachment. Now, Fong, if the only thing stopping you from getting there is delegating. Why can't we do that? Why can't we start with somebody else? You know, you've got this big one fun goal you want to go to, but delegating is getting in the way. Really? Come on. You know, let's find somebody. There's got to be some people out there. Maybe we have to go and trade a few people, you know, find some new ones or train them or so forth. Let's make somebody or find somebody that can take part of their stuff off your plate. Let's not have such a big ego to think that there's no one can do what you do. Mm -hmm. Maybe not as good, but boy, if they did it 80% of the level you do, I'm sure that'll be fine and we can move forward. So let's move with a little step forward. Uh, yeah, sometimes that's one of the biggest challenges that people have is just to step outside and have that person come in and go, you know what, this is what you need to do. And here are pros and cons if you don't do it kind of thing. Yeah, um, and it's the whole, whole importance of coaching and mentoring and, and having that outside uh, influence. Now, for yourself, I know you work with some coaches yourself uh, in order for you to grow. Uh, what were some of those challenges that you faced during your journey uh, that one of your coaches helped you out one. Uh, yeah, they helped me in many different areas, but I think it was one of them was that time blocking, <clears throat> looking on your calendar and saying, you know, I need time every day to kind of work on talking to customers and potential customers. And I need time to, you know, do other things. You got to exercise, you got to be healthy, you got to eat, you know, got to have other things in your life. So it's all about blocking those into your calendar so you don't forget. And that blocking that time where this is when I work on my business, this is where I'm in my business, you know, so it was uh, forcing yourself to stay to that schedule. You know, that was one of the uh, big things that coaching taught me. Mm -hmm. Uh, there's a lot of people out there who goes, you know what, coaching, that's not for me. And I don't, it's not like I'm an athlete. It's not like I'm, I'm a, uh, playing a, an instrument or anything. I don't need that mentor. I don't need, I could do business on my own. Was coaching a concept that was very easy for you to kind of accept because you had like a athletic background? It was, yeah. You know, uh, I mean, coaching with athletes seems, you know, pretty acceptable. Of course, everybody, every great athlete has a Tiger Woods has, you know, different swing coach or, you know, everybody has different ones. So that makes sense. But for somehow business owners don't think themselves as athletes, you know, they think they're, Hey, you know, I'm just not at that elite level or this or that, but 
really, you know, it's just having someone to hold the mirror up to you and say, this is how you're doing business. Is this what you want it to look like? You know, there's different ways of doing it. And even like uh, athletes um, who are say like it's great at golf or whatever, they don't know everything about golf. They don't know everything about a swing. They don't know everything about the balls and the clubs. And, you know, so they can go out and get expertise to be brought in to help them with that. Same with coaching a business. You don't know everything about HR, marketing, SEO, Google AdWords. <clears throat> I mean, just the digital marketing world is just totally crazy on its own. And most people don't understand it and, and don't have time to learn it. But <clears throat> there's so many things you need, you know, just an extra pair of eyes on there. And the coach can help either they bring that information to you uh, because there's a gap in what you know, or they're able to connect to their network to say you know hey i have another coach or friend or you know that's working on the you know the testing of your people or another one that's working on you know developing a courses for sales i would send them to this you know so it's not all about the coach being able to have all that knowledge in their head but they can see what's missing and say how we're going to fix that how we're going to address it because the owner does you know just be realistic you just can't be great at everything and right. it, even whether you're an athlete or you're a, co a business owner. Which is why there's a, a great advantage to have more than one coach. Like you have different coaches in different aspects in your life and also in different aspects of your business too. So, uh, yeah. so that you can bounce that, those ideas off of each other. Yeah, no, it's very helpful. And like you, you and I are connected in another network and it's great. You know, someone, and, and it has happened to me, I was talking to people on LinkedIn and two different people said, you know, I'm thinking of writing a book. You know, and uh, although I was looking for coaching work, I say, well, that's not really my forte, but, you know, I know this guy Fong that's really great at, you know, helping people write books. Let's connect you two, you know, and then get your business going, whatever. And then maybe it'll come back to me at the after that, if they have a going concern business, then I'll help them move it the next step. Or some people are kind of need a life coach, you know, they just need to get their head straight and, you know, balance their life and things. And, you know, it's, a, it's not really the practical business stuff they're ready for. They need a life coach. And really, that's a whole category of its own. And, you know, great to connect them. I have those people, I'm sure you do as well, where you could get some help for those. And, uh, you know, it's a network of things where we pull in. And I like to think as coaches, our responsibility is to stay connected to what's current out there, what's happening out there, do these talks and, and listen to them and, and advance our own knowledge so that we're adding more value all the time to our clients and the people that need help. Yeah, I actually believe that people need to understand that one, they're never alone. And two, there's always somebody out there who has some information that would help you or have a connection that would help you. So meeting as many people as you can, connecting with as many people as you can is always something that I highly recommend people do. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna take you back to your, your com competition days. Um, you competed in some of the, well, one of the most dangerous sports, at least I think is one of the most dangerous sports that you could compete in. Um, what exactly is, for people who don't know, the natural luge? Luge. All right. So luge is that it's a sled, really. It's just a, like a German word for sled. Mm -hmm. And um, it was a strange thing, you know, with Calgary, uh, 
got the uh, bid for the 1988 Olympics. And really, Canada had virtually no luge athletes. There was no one here to actually going to go. So we're going to have this event. We're going to pay $18 million to build a track or whatever it was. And uh, there, there was no Canadians hardly to go. So they wanted to build participation up. So they started sending out information to all the sports councils in Alberta, particularly and some across Canada, and said, hey, try to develop some athletes. We'll send you a sled, but it'll be what we call a natural sled, which means you'll slide on snow or ice on a flat surface. Mm -hmm. It doesn't need the high ice that the Olympics has. It's just a flat one. And uh, you can practice on that and learn it. And uh, so a friend of mine just dragged me into that kind of thing, said, Don, we're, we're going to go try this luge thing. And I said, well, where are we going to do that? I lived in Lloyd Minster at the time, as flat as a prairie. They said, well, we got this ski hill, Mount Joy, and we're going to go there at night. And we're going to put our headlights pointed down the hill. And you and I are going to hop on this sled and figure it out as we go down the hill. So like, that's how it started. <laughs> so well, that's pretty impressive for you to eventually become a, a Canadian champion too. Yeah, that was a, <laughs> it was a, it was a wonderful ride. You know, like fortunately the Alberta government was also helping us. The next year they brought in a coach from Germany who came up to Lloyd Minster, and then uh, the following year he started taking us to Europe. So we started going to international races, and you know we had people from Italy and other countries training us, and then you know we're having our own events back home we're building our own tracks we're bulldozing trails down roads and we're icing them and making it you know it's kind of like scary fast you know go 80 to 100 miles an hour or kilometers an hour on a track with you know your face just inches away from it but what an adrenaline rush i mean if so, if there's that crazy connect mentality i i was part of it so that the luge is the one you go you go feet for first though right Yes, it goes feet first. Later was developed, you know, since they have the track anyway, they said, let's do skeleton. And I'm not sure why they say skeleton, but your face goes first, you know, and I say, well, that's kind of a, a lot easier. You get to see where you're going. Yeah. The other one, you got to kind of get back and tilt your head in and, and you know, you're just adjusting your shoulders and arms and trying to make it go. So, and, well, they're all crazy, I guess. The, now. Reason, the reason why I wanted you to clarify what a natural luge is, because I knew what luge was. Yeah. And then you specify natural on your on your bio. I'm like, does that mean you have no sled? You just go naturally? <laughs> yeah, naturally. Yeah, no clothes, actually. Oh, even more, <laughs> okay, more challenging. Oh, natural. Yeah. No, in, you know, in uh, before the advent of uh, ammonia tracks and refrigeration processes, you know, people would go from town to town in the mountains they would have a road in the winter that would be just iced and snow and so they would have these races on these things and so when you go to uh europe right now there's a lot of natural tracks you know you, and so and they but they put fences around them so you don't go over the cliff you know down the mountain and you know, or hit trees or but they flood them and so forth but it's a uh, it's a crazy version of what goes into the olympics and they've actually tried to make it so that natural luge and olympic luge would actually have both separate sports because uh -huh. they, they could be uh they're very dynamic common sled in a way um but um, quite different as far as how they're driven would you say that having that um, athletic kind of mindset gave you an advantage in business 
For sure. Yeah, there's two things that uh, did. One was athletic mindset teaches you about training, the physical training and so forth. But one of the uh, very important things about sports at high levels and so forth is the mental training. Mm -hmm. Like you couldn't be on that track doing, you know, a hundred runs a day. You had to walk the track up and down and memorize it in your head. And then you're doing it in your head. So you had to visualize where you wanted to go, how fast you went, how the different curves would go. You know, and I would try to run, a, say, a one-minute track in my head within three or four seconds visually. So I would time it and say, you know, if I'm here, I'm doing left, I'm doing right, whatever. I would time it. So, again, in business life, you're trying to visualize where you want to go, feel what it's like. What are the turns and twists that are going to happen in your business and visualize it? And the other thing was having coaching help, you know, some people to bring you along to kind of cut the learning curve down. So I didn't know exactly how to do this or that. I was athletic at the time, but, uh, you know, you still need coaching. And so mm -hmm. that really helped too. And then I later I became a coach. So I thought, now how do I explain things to other people? I coached juniors in the, you know, the Canadian Junior Championships. So I, I taught them how to do the steps and how to skip ahead and, you know, learn things that other people, you know, have learned that before them. So, you know, that how step by step and more, that really helps in what I do today. Um, what is one of the most biggest failures you've had in, in the luge? Mm -hmm. And then also, what is the biggest failure that you've had in business? And then how did you overcome both of those? Probably one of the biggest failures and risks that I had in luge was we were racing in uh, Samaritz, uh, Switzerland. And uh, there wasn't a, because of weather, there wasn't as many athletes there as there would normally be. And so we raced our uh our singles but there was an opportunity to race doubles with not, not a lot of people and so i grabbed one of my friends on the team and we said to each other let's go doubles let's try and figure out but we hadn't practiced a lot of doubles and so we went racing down a track and we were flying down this thing it was icy but it was going really well and we we kind of got overconfident you know we're kind of going around and we're thinking well um but we came around a sharp curve and the sled tilted up and we crashed into the the side of the the fence and the trees but we shook it off we wanted to finish we didn't want to you know not finish the race even though it'll be late so we hop back on and we go and we finish the rest of the race and when i got to the end of the race i pulled up my hand and three of my glove fingers were chopped right off and i pushed my hand out and saw my fingers so lucky it was like unbelievable i almost lost three digits on that race wow. it just because when the sled went up, my hand went underneath it, and then it chopped the fingers off. But it was oh. luckily just the glove tips. So it was like, oh, wake up, I crash and whatever. So teach you something about being overconfident, too cocky, uh, you know, maybe doing something you're not trained for. You know, you need to practice and le learn your game. So it really taught me there. Mm. And business-wise, I guess one of the ch biggest challenges was... Um, I, I try to create, I was, I was getting a little bored in Lloyd Minster when I was working there. So I, some buddies of mine had a, a neat ideal for the oil industry to try and speed up a pump jack twice as fast, you know, and, <laughs> and, and produce more oil. And um, so we got this company together and he had this idea and, 
we threw it all together, but the idea hadn't been tested and, and the inventor kind of rushed us into getting this company going and we went too fast and the project didn't work. The, the, the idea actually blew up motors every time we did it. So it was, it was nasty and all the money got sucked in and it just blew up as a company. So that was uh, nasty that way. So, but I had to dust myself off and, you know, lost a ton of money at it, but then moved back to Calgary and started working for Sony and kind of rebuilt on the strength of my past business and, wow. and turned it around. Awesome. Well, you're a person who uh, takes calculator risks and you're also a person who doesn't really fear much when it comes to uh, taking on challenges. Uh, what would you say are some of the number one reasons that a person should take on challenges? Yeah, I think um, life's short and I don't want to go through it with regrets. And I think people would have that as well to think that, hey, there's an opportunity for you to stretch yourself a little bit and see what your potential is. Mm -hmm. And then you won't know it until you try it. You know, and so there's so many analogies about you got to, you know, take a lot of shots before you get a goal or you got to swing a lot at bat, you know, miss most of the time to hit, get some home runs. Yeah, you have to get up to bat and try it. Mm -hmm. So I always say, like, take those opportunities. You know, you know, I, I'm not saying get crazy and whatever, you know, you have to calculate what are the chances of success? They should be good. What are the things I can mitigate some of the problems? Could I get maybe a coach involved to kind of, you know, try to figure out some of those shortcuts so I can maybe save, you know, falling down on my face in certain ways, you know, so mm. there's certain things, but I think it's always like push yourself a little bit beyond, you know, the comfort level. So, and uh, when you go back, you say, yeah, I took that chance. I tried it may not have worked out, but mm. you know, it's, I think you'll, you'll love yourself for what you did. Mm -hmm. Now, during this period of time of like COVID people are locked down or people, stuff was shut down for a period of time. Uh, what was some of the risks that you took? that allowed you to overcome and navigate through this uh, difficult time? I think the, uh, the risk that I had to get over and I had another coach that helped me, took me for lunch uh, once. And, uh, you know, I'm saying, well, I'm just, you know, out of a, uh, you know, corporate career and I'm looking for new work and I could do this coaching. I'm checking it out or whatever. And uh, what the coach had that tell me says, you can't have two masters. You can't have a plan B. He says, you have to focus on plan A, you know, so if it, coaching is it, he said, then stop looking for another career, you know, so like, wow, yeah, and if you're going to stay in coaching, what's your BHAG, your big, hairy, audacious goal, you know, and he's saying, you know, it's like that commercial with the lottery, dream bigger, dream bigger, you know, so I would say, well, I'm thinking of this or that, they go, dream bigger, dream bigger, you know, it's like, okay, oh, it could be this, could be this, could be this, yeah, that's it, and focus on plan A, which is be a coach, right. just dedicate yourself to that, and so it was risky, you know, the traditional thing for the last 25 years was work for somebody else. Now it's like, stop working for someone else, work for Dawn and use what your talents have been given to you and, you know, apply them to other people. Mm -hmm. um, another thing that I think is very vital for business success is building relationships. And you're a person who's built a lot of great relationships within business, but also I'm sure like when, when you had to compete all over the world and against different people from all, all the different countries, you maintain those relationships too, even if there's a language barrier. So what would you say are some of the most key things that people need to think about when building relationships that could last like decades? Yeah, I think not prejudging ahead of time about who's gonna be maybe a great connection and not connection. It's like, 
I reach out to a lot of people on LinkedIn just to kind of, you know, meet other business owners and so forth. I mean, the chances of meeting someone that wants coaching, whatever, is probably say one in 100, one in 500. So the rest of the conversations are just about reaching out to see other people and what they do. And it's so interesting to talk to other people and learn. I've learned so much since being in the coaching world and reaching out. But all through my life, you know, um, you know, I got a couple thousand people on LinkedIn that I stay connected with. It's a great tool to kind of keep your eyes on what's going on. Oh, your birthday's coming up. Hey, Bruce, have a great birthday today, you know, or glad to see you got promoted or man, 14 years in your as an anniversary. Awesome. So the tools we have now help us stay connected with these people. But yeah, no, there's just interesting, you know, some of the lives of people that crossed our paths, you know, I have a friend in New Zealand, you know, that's into coaching uh, luge there. And, uh, you know, it's just interesting to watch what's going on in there so far away. But yet, you know, we, we came together for, you know, some time in Tokyo during the before the Olympics there. And, you know, that just bonded us together. And now we just keep an eye on what's going on in each other's lives. Awesome. I like how you say that every now and then you go, oh, happy birthday or congratulations to this. What you did not say is go, hey, I noticed you on this. Hey, did you want to come and join my, my webinar or something like that? Which I get so many people to do. They just send me a message and go, oh, I noticed you do this. Would you like to join this? I'm like, well, you don't even know who I am. Yeah, you yeah. gotta start building that relationship, right? So um, I, I highly appreciate uh, what you said there because it's very, very important for people to actually understand that you can't just go out and go, hey, you wanna buy this? Hey, you wanna buy that? <laughs> yeah, well, it's like, you know, try to, when you're dating a, a girl before your wife or something, you know, you just can't go up, hey, my name is Donnie, you know, we'd like to get married, you know? It's like, no, I don't wanna, I don't know you yet. You know? It's like, we gotta we gotta go on some dates and see what's on. And, and I think if you go, when you're connecting with people, if you just go with the understanding that they, they have some value and interesting stories to tell just to just to hear that is of value if by chance there's some future that takes us into a business relationship wonderful that's great but there's just so much i can learn and maybe i could use you to connect to somebody later that you know needs your service or your your kind of skills or you know i i just adding to my repertoire and i think it adds value to what i do so just talk to people Awesome. Um, if you were on a world stage and you get to share one message for everybody to remember Don as or for, uh, what would that message be? Uh, don't give up. You know, you know, stay there. And I had a, I don't forget time for a little anecdote story of yeah, Luz sure. again. So <laughs> I'm at the Canadian Championships and the timing system is going down. And something was wrong with the electronic stuff. So I'm pushing off the handles, three, two, one, phew, and I take off down the right, phew, go down the run. And I hear Don, you got a penalty. Uh, you went too fast because it was a manual count. I pushed off fast. Mm. I say the guy counted slow and he says, I went fast. All right, boo, blew a great run, you know, and then they, I have to wait. You have to put in a, a jury fee to be able to talk to the jury to see if, what they're going to do. And they said, no, it, you know, this is what we'll do. We say, Don, uh, you can race at the end of everybody else and you can take one more event or you can take this average time that we have and you'll get a silver medal. You can be the men's silver medal champion wow. at the men's event here. And I said, you know, I didn't come here for the silver medal. I came for the gold medal. You know, I want to win the gold medal. He said, but the track's going to be kind of soft. You know, all these other athletes are going to go on it. You know, you're going to be risking. You could end up in fifth or sixth place. I said, hey, I'm here for the gold medal. So I went up to the top again. It's still manual timing. Three, two, one. 
and off I go. Only this time I'm, I'm probably half a second delayed because I, I didn't <laughs> want to cross that barrier too fast. And then I'm sloshing down the track and I'm going as fast as I can. And the ice is a little sticky and I'm having to turn a little harder here and there. I get through the thing, still have a great time, win the gold medal. So awesome. You know, wow. It was just, <laughs> it was just sticking to that visualization that I was winning the gold medal. I wasn't there for silver bronze or something else. I'd given up so many things in my life to come here. My wife was pregnant with our second child was almost due, you know, and here I was across the country, you know, so I said, Hey, I have to come back with a gold medal. And so sticking to it, don't give up. Awesome. Um, what gives you that adrenaline rush right now? You know, the adrenaline rush right now is not that kind of crazy stuff. You know, mm-hmm. one, I like to keep my body the way it is, you know, so uh, I don't like to bang it up anymore. <laughs> uh, but uh, so what gives me a rush now is like these conversations with my clients when mm-hmm. when we review where have we gone? And I just did this actually earlier today with a client. I said, you know, it's been about a year. Let's look back at what we wrote a year ago about where your business was. You know, you're worried about your staff leaving because there wasn't enough work. You know, you're worried about how many things you're going to build this year. And it isn't looking very bleak. And now a year from now, you've got a very busy 2022 planned. You're busy for the rest of the fall. You expanded your office. You know, you've all your people are going to be very busy. So it's turned around so much like that jazzes me up. It's like, wow, did we turn that around? And and I just love to hear those success stories about the little bit of coaching that we give you and, you know, the owner really getting more involved and trying, taking your advice and trying new things. Wow. And and it works, you know, they, they have a significant change in their business. It's just, that's what pumps me up now. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for all your great tips and all your, uh, your stories. But before I let you go, I got five quick questions for you. Yeah, uh, just sure. Just to get to know you a little bit more and have some fun. Okay. So my, my first question for you is um, you're stranded on a desert island and you get to have one food for the rest of your life. No consequence. What food would that be? Uh, a Hawaiian pizza. Mm, nice. Covers all, the, covers all the food bases, right? Food, food <laughs> groups. Yeah, yeah it's awesome. Um, um, Hollywood calls and says, Don, we're, we're going to do a, a biopic on you. Who do you want to play you? Ryan Reynolds. Awesome. Ryan Reynolds shows up to your doorstep and goes, hey, I got casted for the part, but I need to know more about you. So let's hang out. But first, I'm hungry. So what, what's that special dish that you could prepare for? Come over to my house. We're going to barbecue some thick steaks. Nicely done. Um, you have, do you have a special hidden talent that nobody really knows about? Hidden talent? Hmm. Um, yes, I am quite a fan of Tai Chi. Oh, and wow. I, ta- I was a volunteer Tai Chi instructor for many years. After 10 years of martial arts, I went into the softer side and uh, I love doing Tai Chi to kind of relax and stretch. Awesome. Very nicely done. And then finally, my last question is, what is success like? Give me a number between one to four. I think four is the number today. One, two, three, four. So how is success like the solar system? So success is like the solar system. Yes. Well... You know, the solar system is made of all kinds of planets circulating around the sun. 
and there's different things happening at different times and different sometimes when the planets line up they pull a little differently and this is what happens in business business there's all kinds of things happening around you different sales different people different customers sometimes they line up and that's when you're striking and that's when you're maximizing your profits so it's very similar to the solar system Awesome. Nicely done. So that is how success is like a solar system. Thank you very much, Don. Um, if anybody wants to get in touch with you, learn more about what you do or ask you for advice or your yep. services, what's the best way? Uh, best way, just go to fortreecoaching.ca or check myself out on the uh, LinkedIn profile. Awesome. And do you have any last words that you would like to share? Um, hey, I'm just excited to say that I just... Um, added online courses to my portfolio. So I got 30 management leadership courses. So you can awesome. go to nice. fortreecoaching.store and see those. And it's just part of the portfolio. I was just excited after a long time getting those there. But uh, hey, um, I love to have chat with people. Uh, you know, I'll talk to you for about an hour just for free, just to understand your business and give you some free advice. So if you're a small business owner and you're maybe stuck or maybe you got so many sales, you don't know what to do. It's also <laughs> a challenge. I love those sales kind of problems too, but uh, love to chat with you. You can just book an appointment on, on my calendar uh, on uh, the website. It'd be great to talk to you. Awesome. Thank you very much. So everybody else, uh, make sure you check out his new courses. Make sure you um, call him up because he's going to give you some great advice on your business and how to grow and or how to get unstuck. So uh, once again, thank you very much for your time, your stories and your, uh, your journey. It's been absolutely amazing. And uh, I had a great time. So thank you again. Uh, he is Don. My name is Fong Chuan. Until next time, today is the day to unlock your peak potential. We'll see you later.